0: It's on him. Yeah. yeah. Something it's goes funny. right, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 4. Now we had a, a, a wonderful conversation back and forth about some of these issues. And you know, if if you are uh, uh, a minister of the gospel, these are the things you want to talk about constantly uh, because it is in, in, in iron. Sharpening iron, where you find that that fine-tuned desire for God. Hebrews chapter nine. Now, in Hebrews nine and verse four, there is a declaration that I want to look to. Um, listen to what it says. Which had the golden censer. This is you know the ark, and as the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein. Inside was the golden pot that had manna. I want you to remember that. The, pot, the golden pot had manna. And Aaron's rod that bought it. And the tables of the covenant. So there was the three kings that were inside the ark. Inside the ark you had the manna and Aaron's rod. And you had also the tables or the tablets where... Moses wrote the Ten Commandments. That's what that passage is about. Now, go to the book of Revelation chapter 2. And Revelation chapter 2 is going to make reference to something that is a promise to those who are following the Lord in a certain way, in a certain level. <clears throat> and it is in the, in, the, in the aim toward the church and Pergamos. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 12. If you have it, just nod at me so you know I know you're alive, awake. Yeah, no? Okay. <laughs> verse 12. And to the angel of the church and Pergamus, write, This thing said he which hath the sharp sword at, with two edges. That's gonna be important. He's talking to them, specifically talking about an aspect of himself, Jesus. And he's going to make mention of the sword that has two edges. You know, that's the word of God. Hebrews will tell us that, that his word is like a two-edged sword. Let me read again, verse 12. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, This thing saith he which has the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, We even where Satan's seed is. How do you like to live there? It's wherever Satan's seat is. That's where the people live. So it's, it, it was telling them, you're not ministering in the cute little places where everybody is a PK and everybody is kind of like a good person. Now nah, you're in the seat of Satan. That's where everybody is messed up. <clears throat> and, thou, but, and thou holdest fast my name. So they were faithful and has not denied my faith. Even in those days where Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you, where Satan dwelt. And see that? Twice he tells us in the same verses, same passages, Satan dwells there and Satan killed one of you guys. And even then you deny. You, lie, you have to like these guys. These guys are, I mean, they're the real deal. They're going to stand and die for Jesus. That's who they are. Verse 14. But I have a few things against thee, that's the word that I don't like. We were doing good. Because thou hast there, <clears throat> them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, or oh, that's the money grabber guy, remember? Who thought Balak to cast stumbling blocks before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication so that thou also <clears throat> so has thou also them that hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaites which things i hate so has <clears throat> repent or else i will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth there it is see that theme again the word of god verse 17 he that hath ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. I want you to remember that. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning, Father, for your word, Father. We pray your anointing upon Oscar as he delivers it to us this morning, Father, that it would change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Balaam had preached trying to get the people off so that God will judge them. His idea was, I'm a paid preacher. And I get paid to say what people tell me to say. Mm. What a sad state that you will make it all the way to the book of Revelation as the example of what a preacher should not be. We're not hirelings. That's right. We serve a holy God. We are to be a mouthpiece to him. Amen. Balaam had sold his ministry to the highest. He had an idea of how to walk. God makes him an example. But he gives us an idea of what he's doing. He said he thought to eat things that were sacrificed to idols, to the people of God. And he also told him how to commit fornication, how to become immoral. Because it served his purpose. It served what he was doing. And God comes to a church like Pergamos, willing to die for the Lord, but unwilling to face down Balaam's people. It's a type of person, a type of preacher. It is not Balaam. Balaam is long dead in the book of Numbers. God is saying in Revelation, in the latter days, people will rise up that look after themselves and create doctrines of devils to try to mess up the church because it's convenient to them financially. Yeah. Balaam's ministry is alive and well today. When he says that th- that they were doing, you know, teaching them. How to commit fornication. He was removing all of the moral laws of the scripture. And saying do it. Do it. Do it. And it worked. People got judged by God. And all kinds of mess happened to them. Thousands of them died. And even as they were dying. And the people of God that loved them were were really looking at all the dead people. Even as that was happening, some of the leaders, one of the leaders brought in a woman from outside and went into his tent to commit fornication with her right in the middle of the pandemic. That was Balaam's work. We have a set of preachers today who are trying to remove the word of God and the law of God. we have looked at drunkenness as drunkenness is as something that God does not want something that God says no but we are now saying we're free we can do whatever we want to do that's Balaam's doctrine read the scriptures be not ye drunk with wine but be ye filled of the Holy Spirit that's what the Bible says We run to and fro, creating all kinds of things. You know why? Because you want to make a cute little gospel that offends nobody. And that, no, I'm not saying be offensive for free. I'm saying the word is going to do it itself. But don't skip the hard passages. Go at it anyway. Balaam. And he's talking to a good church. Pergamus is willing to die. In fact, some of them had already died. For the gospel. God says, I got a few things, though. You got some people there that are from the doctrines of Balaam, and you don't face them down. You are just saying, okay, you know, we're just going to go a Big tent.'" He says, no, I have a problem with them. And he, he also says, the Nicolites, which were even worse, they were completely immoral. History says, not the Bible, but history, a tradition, and Nicholas was that one of those deacons, one of the seven deacons. He had a really beautiful wife, and he thought that since you had everything in common, like the money and the houses, yeah, you can have in common the wives also. And he was giving his wife to all, anybody who wanted to sleep with her as a sign of Christianity. Don't look for that in the Bible; it's not there. Whatever was, though they were an immoral people, completely immoral, and they were part of the church of Pergamos. God says you're in the seat of Satan. Because it is out there, but it is sitting in your church, and what he's saying is, I will come and fight them. Twice he said, with the sword of my mouth, the two-edged sword, it will cut at them. And if you're found with them, it will cut you also. Then he goes to give a beautiful illustration of two things he was going to give them. Those who overcome, I can only deal with one for a couple of minutes. He says, I will give him of the hidden manna, he who overcomes, he who fights these things, he who stands alone, he who runs <coughs> the race, I will give him this of the hidden manna. That's why I read to you Hebrew. But there's a typology there. There's something in heaven much better. But the typology is this. There was a manna that you had to pick up every day in the days of Israel. Every day. You couldn't actually pick it up for five days. Some people tried. They were entrepreneurs. I'm going to keep some for tomorrow so I don't have to get out tomorrow. And so they got a bunch of them and the next day had worms in it. Because it was an everyday deal. The word of God, you have to pick it up every day. You have to be staying in the word every day. You have to be reading in the presence of God every day in order for you to keep on going. And yet the scripture says here, I will give you not of that manna, but of the hidden manna. There's only one hidden manna in in those passages. You grab the manna and they put it inside the ark. And you're not gonna find rotten manna in the ark, no. There was a miracle of preservation for the manna will not rotten as long as he was inside that ark. And for generations that ark had that manna, and that manna was still edible and good and everything. And the Lord says in Revelation to the church of Pergamos, those who overcome the Nicolites, and those who overcome the doctrines of Balaam and those who overcome the sacrifice to idols and all the fornication and all this stuff, those who are faithful, I will give them of that manner, the hidden manna. Why is that important? It means it will keep you fresh in the middle of whatever struggle is happening. People will dry up and you will never dry up. You will still be strong and going. It means he will protect you for his glory will be upon you. And you will be protected in there. It means you're going to have a relationship that is ever so close to him. That is going to overcome whatever comes after. God is saying, I have a way to make you flourish in the middle of a generation where the sin of Satan is reigning. Meaning we have no excuse. We can say the church is breaking down. We can say that society is breaking down. We, we can say Washington is breaking down. We can say Hollywood is breaking down. And yet God says I have a hidden manner to give it to you that will always be fresh and ready. It will always be strong. <clears throat> and I will give it to you if you overcome the Nicolai and you overcome the fornications and you overcome all the other stuff that is coming. I have it for you. Become an overcoming. God bless you. Amen. Good work. Praise the Lord. All right. right. Got a few things on the list here this morning.